0: Hello latest PS5 community, it's Demi and I'm back with another shameless promo. If you enjoy listening to the latest gaming news each week, then you will absolutely love our YouTube channel. Over there you will expect to see a variety of videos such as live reactions, predictions, gameplay and so much more. Search latest PS5 podcast in YouTube or click the link in the description. Also, while you're at it, help to support our channel by subscribing so you never miss a video. Do it. Right now, subscribe. Right now, I'm watching you. I'm gonna give you zero seconds to subscribe. Done it? Good. Back to the show.
1: Incredibly exciting.
0: It's really about. As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 112 of the latest PS5. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera, and I'm joined as always Mr. Alex Sylvester. How you doing, Alex?
0: I'm doing so well. Thank you so much.
1: Oh Alex, you sound different.
0: <laughs> I know. Um I think I've caught a cold or something, to be honest. Um, I'm feeling a bit out of sorts. So yeah.
1: Obviously, listeners, as you're already aware, Alex (laughs) is unavailable this week. So we have our advertisement guru in place today. And um, she looks comfortable. She looks chilled out and she wants to talk video games. Are you ready?
0: I'm so ready. Let's do it. Well, we went from
1: a quiet week to Sony talking about a state of play. And then 24 hours later, it's a busy news week and we've got a lot to get into this week, and as listeners are aware, um, you can obviously subscribe to all our podcast channels. Oh, I'm not the one who usually says this.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm a co host now, I've been upgraded. You can say it for me if you like.
1: <laughs> I'm just messing. Uh, so what we've got for this episode, we've got state of play impressions, new controllers for the PS5 we've got a new Marvel game incoming and we've got Forspoken updates but before we get into all that as usual we talk about uh what we've been playing and oh man I'm playing the Last of Us remake and this game is just as stunning now as it was when I first played it it's so
0: good it's so good can, can you confirm though that it's actually better than the original
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Visually better, sound better, just the animations, the acting, everything has been just like upgraded massively. But from a performance standpoint, so I'm playing the game. Obviously, 4K graphics. I'm playing it unlocked frame rate, so it's super smooth. That PS3 niggle isn't there. The animation is there. It's just stunning. Like, you think about what The Last of Us Part 2 looked like and moved like, and then it's even better than that. You know, this looks like a proper PS5 game. And it's weird because even though I'm like, yeah, I've been into like Bill's town or I've been here and I've seen all this, it just looks so different and new with the the visuals, you know, which makes it absolutely unbelievable and stunning. I'm going for the platinum because, you know, that's what I do um, because I'm not a crap gamer like Alex you know who says he's gonna do it and then doesn't do it but uh what about yourself what have you been playing
0: it's not um anything to do with playstation but mortuary assistant i love it so much if you watch my top five by the way if you haven't watched my top five go and watch it it's a good show um i love a horror story and that just encapsulates everything and There's where
1: death. can people find it
0: you can find it on Steam. You can go go find it now and go play it now. It is so, so good. Demons, death, drugs. Hmm. What a perfect prison. Kind of Come on, the three Ds. Sounds,
1: sounds like a Monday to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: sounds so good.
1: good. Excellent. Um, and listeners, again, uh, this week was a state of play. The live reaction videos are up. Not to the whole show just focused on Tekken 8 and God of War. They are absolutely hilarious. The links are in the description of this podcast, so you can see me literally sitting there before it starts with a Tekken 8 background saying that I know it's not going to be on the show, but I'm going to have Tekken 8 behind me all the time until it's actually announced and shown. Little did I know I only had to wait one minute because it was the game that opened the show and I went crazy. And that's a nice little transition for myself to go into the first news story of this week. Bandai Namco Games' Katushiro Yaharada has revealed in a post on the PlayStation blog that the stunning, oh my God, it was stunning, Tekken 8 trailer showcased at the state of play last night was running in real time on PS5 and captured from the game's story mode. From the look of things, this is similar to Tekken 7's cinematic story where you have characters engaging in conversation before the action transitions seamlessly into combat. Remember Kazuya Hihachi? And yes, Alex, I'm going to still pronounce it that way. It's not Heihachi, it's Hihachi, Heech Hatch, right? I thought it was
0: Heihachi, actually. It is
1: Heihachi, but I just say Heech Hatch and Alex hates it. So it's Heech Um, Hatch. That's what we were looking at in the trailer, only it looked way better. So this is from Harada himself. In other words, all the character models, backgrounds, the effects are the same ones that are used in game. Although this was captured from the story mode, it is not a pre-rendered movie made for the trailer, but rather real-time rendered footage running at 60 frames per second, similar to how you would experience the game in versus battle modes. Of course, some of the effects dialogue, as well as the camera angle, is currently being updated and may change when the game launches. Tekken 8 is currently in development for PS5 PC and the Xbox consoles with a release date yet to be confirmed. Now, you don't understand. You just got to watch the video. I lost my shit when this came on. Like, oh, I was literally saying, I know Tekken 8 is not going to be there, but this is my background. I'm going to keep it on. And then I sit back and it starts. And as soon as the crushed mask is on the ground, I knew straight away. I was like, what? And you see it in the video, and I'm flipping out about it. And then even better, like when it started moving and you could see the game playing and everything, I was oh, I felt like a kid again. Like tech, I've grew up with this series, you know, um, since play the first one of the first games I got on PlayStation One, it came with it, was Tekken One. And I've gr- had it on every PlayStation, every version of it. Um, I've kicked Alex's ass in every version of it. You know, um, so to see Tekken eight there, it's just a shame you went there because you can imagine if me and Alex were there together, we would have just gone absolutely ape like kids again. It was like a proper kid feeling to it. Um, but did you see it? Did you get a chance to have a look at Tekken eight?
0: No, but I was just literally thinking, why do you think? So you, you this, there's eight of them. Why do you think they've remade it so much? And why do you think they keep coming back, remaking them and coming out with new ones?
1: I mean, a lot of people ask that. And I think the infrastructure wasn't there from a technical standpoint early on. Obviously, internet wasn't around when Tekken launched on PlayStation 1 and things. And what we're seeing now is games as a service are becoming Mm -hmm. bigger. You know, you keep your game running, you keep that service running, that will make you consistent revenue, you know? And... The fact that the PS4 didn't actually have a full-blown Tekken game, all it got was um, Tekken 7 redid for from PS3 to PS4. So you didn't really have a full-blown Tekken game on PlayStation 4. They skipped a generation. Tekken 7 was like a service then. And you don't have to keep re-releasing the game to keep making that money. I mean, the last Tekken 7 was the biggest selling Tekken game of all time, 9 million in the series. I think the series has sold 54 million to 58 million to date. And I think Tekken 8 will be one of it'll be the only one this generation. And The reason to answer your question why they keep doing it is money. You know, if you're going to sell more than five million a time, you're going to have those people who are still going to buy those online things, treating it like a service. But they're still going to buy that game, you know, Mm for seventy dollars or sixty five pounds or whatever. So you're going to do that all the time. And it's just so weird that we're going to go into twenty twenty three with the prospect of having Street Fighter 6 and Tekken 8 both coming out in the same year. Man, fighting fans, they're getting fed well next year. (laughs) I'm telling you, I cannot wait for that. And um, yeah, again, if you just want to see how excited I was, click the link in the description of this podcast. You'll see my video on YouTube, and you'll just see this old, experienced gamer just losing his shit like a little kid. Again, it was absolutely
0: amazing. Staying with the State of Play show, Sony closed out its latest broadcast with a jaw-dropping new trailer for God of War Ragnarok, giving us our first proper glimpse at the epic battle between Kratos and Thor, the God of Thunder. The new story trailer also introduced us to new realms, new characters, new enemies, new abilities and more, but the game wasn't the only God of War content shown. Ragnarok is getting a limited edition dual sense controller that will launch alongside the game. The controller features a blue and white design that includes a bear and wolf insignia, which represents Kratos and Atreus. Although it's the old control design, right? It's not the new one that's coming out, which is a bit of a, a shame, right? A lost opportunity?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. I think... You nailed it on the head right there because I was thinking, oh, is it a console? Is it a console? I was sitting there and again, you can watch the video. I'm actually saying, oh, it's a new console. It's a new console. Oh, it's a controller. But then you see me drop Mm. in the video because I realized that, oh, it's just a standard DualSense controller. Look how I'm saying it's just a standard to the greatest controller ever made in video games, right? But yeah, we all thought it would be really nice to have a pro version of it when the new pad comes out. Obviously not um but again that was only just announced like last month you know yeah. and uh we don't even know when that's coming out how much it's going to cost but it would have been nice to have the option to choose that like, yeah look I want to buy the pro because people were thinking that like, right I'm going to pay um, about 150 pound for this pro controller yeah I don't need it I still whoop anyone's ass for the pro controller I'm not good right <laughs> Alex needs it for Tekken but It would have been nice that, yeah, okay, I'm going to spend $150 on a pad. Oh, but I want that God of War. Now you've created, don't get me wrong, you've created a possible scenario where somebody's buying both, right? So you're making double dip money. But it would have been just nice and fan-friendly to say that, yeah, if you want this controller, but you still want the Pro one, there's an option for you. If you don't want the Pro controller, but you want this controller, just buy the standard version of it. But that hasn't happened, and I guess we will have to wait. now. As for the trailer itself,
0: oh oh my God. Tell me about this trailer, Sonny.
1: (laughs) You've already seen the video, right, on YouTube. You can see my reaction to it. And I'll say it again, just as I did in the video. When you have something special, like when you think about it like this, right, think of a time where you've watched a trailer for a TV show or a film and it looks so good. And then you're disappointed with the final product. Right. Mm. Or when a trailer hasn't done something justice, and then you've watched it and you thought, wow, that was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't balance out right. But the one thing about this God of War trailer is the first game came out, it won the record amount of Game of the Year awards ever by a video game. It's it beat Rockstar to a game of the year award, which you don't do. And it set a new bar for storytelling in a video game even more so than the last of us so the expectation for this game is so high to fail from everybody because it it's not gonna all i've seen is people say it's not gonna match it's not gonna have the same it's it, it's just a extension of the story nothing's really that different mm. and then i saw people's reaction to this trailer and it was exactly like mine the expectation is it's a triple a game we know it's a triple a game but the trailer it was a triple a trailer. It got your hype up. It got you like buzzing. You're like, yes, I can't wait. I cannot wait, you know, and people were just going crazy for it. I love the fact that before it people were like really subdued because we all knew God of War was going to be on the show because the developers kept retweeting and, dropping hints and we're like yeah god of war is going to be there and, and people were just like nah, nah. I specifically went back to look at those people's comments after it and they were like oh my god so again you know how I was with Tekken 8 they were with god of war um yeah it was unbelievable so watch it if you haven't seen the trailer click the link in the description watch the trailer you'll have me buzzing in the corner um mm-hmm. it was absolutely stunning and I loved it but we're gonna go from live Demi to pre-recorded Demi right about now
0: hey everyone now I'm gonna keep it real with you for a sec there's nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with my friends and spilling all the tea for that reason let me introduce to you the rumor mill this is a show that is exclusive to patreon now we know that the latest ps5 show is dedicated to actual news but the rumor mill is all about the juicy rumors in the video game industry our hosts sit down and discuss the biggest rumors there is so if you enjoy a little tea being spilled become a patron support the show and gain access to the rumor mill each month
1: and we're back all right number three So in regards to the rest of the State of Play broadcast, the upcoming PlayStation VR 2 game, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, received a new gameplay trailer showing off a ton of different locations, enemies and allies in the game. The cooperative dungeon crawling survival game, Demio, That should be your name now, Demi, all right, (laughs) uh, is officially coming to PlayStation VR 2. Players can fully immerse themselves in the tabletop-esque world, rolling dice and dishing out cards in VR. Sounds very nerdy to me. Yakuza spin-off game Ishin is getting released for the first time outside of Japan in the form of Like a Dragon Ishin. The game is coming to PS4 and PS5 in February 2023, not long to wait. As always, now upcoming Harry Potter universe game, Hogwarts Legacy, is getting exclusive content on PlayStation. The state of play showed off a Hogsmeade-centered quest involving a spooky shop and its creepy basement. Ironwood Studios' first game is officially called Pacific Drive, and will put players behind the wheel as they drive around what appears to be a post-apocalyptic version of the Pacific Northwest. That's what I love about video games. They just take the random shit and just spin it. You know, that's what yeah. a video game is all about. Sony shared a first look at some of the items that will be available as part of its free PlayStation Stars loyalty program, as well as a timeline for when you can try to collect them yourself. Sin Duality has been announced by Bandai Namco, a third-person shooter featuring mechs and an art style akin to Nia Automata, but a little bit more colorful. A trailer showed off the game and the action alongside a 2023 release date. 2023 is going to be stacked. Project Eve, the extremely shiny-looking action game shown off last year from Korean studio Shift Up has re-emerged as Stellar Blade. The trailer showed off a mix of gameplay, and cinematics, giving players a look at the game's futuristic setting and story. Niho developer Team Ninja has announced an open-world samurai game called Rise of the Ronin, a PlayStation 5 console exclusive with a 2024 release window. A trailer showed off this gorgeous world set during the modernization period of Japan. Now, obviously, at the top of all that was Tekken. At the end of it was God of War. This was everything that was sandwiched in between. Now, I know you watched it yourself. What out of all of them impressed you the most from the show?
0: Rise of the Running was a surprise. Obviously, the visuals look great as well. Stunning, absolutely. Combat was violent. Um, yes, The more violent, the better in these games. I mean, really. And also, I love the time period of the Japanese Revolution. Very interesting.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was watching it and I was getting, I think everyone else who's played it was getting loads of um, Ghost of Tsushima vibes. And yeah, it's not going to visually maybe look as good as Ghost of Tsushima. But yeah, same thing, what you just said there. I echo that the combat just looked ridiculously violent. It's a really interesting time piece as well to go in. And I love the fact that the trailer was in Japanese as well with English subtitles that's how these games should yeah. play you know when Ghost of Tsushima came out everyone was like yeah I'm playing it dubbed I'm like no nah, 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 nah. subtitles with Japanese you know audio that's how it needs to be played so I like that this game was staying close to it's a uh, time piece on that one
0: Square Enix has announced that Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion will launch on PS5, PS4, PC, and other consoles on December 13th, 2022. The announcement of the date was accompanied by a new trailer for the game. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII was originally released for the PSP back in 2008. Very bad. PSP! The game, <laughs> right? The game features completely overall visuals including the new 3D models, while the soundtrack has been completely rearranged and the game features full voice acting for all dialogue, which is what we like to hear. Meanwhile, Square Enix is also beavering away on the second chapter of the Final Fantasy VII Remake project titled Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The game is penciled in for a winter 2023 release on PS5. Like you said, it's going to be a busy year next year.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think Final Fantasy fans are getting fed more than any other set of fans in the video game industry. There's so many games coming out, but this is a date that people wanted to know about. It is- obviously coming out this year which was previously announced it just didn't have an actual date to it mm. yeah i'm not gonna play it i'm not gonna lie you know what i mean it's not my sort of game that's um mm-hmm. a bit nerdy for me but i will <laughs> be looking at final fantasy 7 rebirth because that's more action orientated and it looks stunning if it's going to look anything like final fantasy 7 remake but i can imagine the crisis core fans are going crazy i actually remember when this game i was working in game when this game came out and the queue to buy it was ridiculous like i was just like
0: okay really what
1: like there was so many people i remember it it was massive this game when it came out on psp so yeah i can imagine it will just be the same when it hits ps5 ps4 and pc for those out there grappling with a weekend of diy uber eats leon grilled halloumi wrap gluten-free chicken nuggets pizza Hut pepperoni feast cheesy garlic bread cookie dough pepe's chicken and rice prime pita, chicken nachos crispy cream original glazed donuts order now uber eats bring it check app for restrictions and availability separate orders are required from each restaurant
0: Whether you're searching for record players or pianos, how you pay matters. Visa helps protect you from payment fraud online.
1: Visa, a network working for everyone. Okay, just two more stories to go. Number five, Luminous Productions' first game for Spoken will take approximately 30 to 40 hours to complete. That is, according to its co-director, Takeshi Terada, who gave the estimate while speaking in a recent interview? Terada said, "That's just to get through the main campaign, mind you, and there will be plenty of reasons to return to Athia after you've seen the story through to its end." Before I carry on, there, this the main campaign are going to take thirty to forty hours. They always blow the number up. You usually. Mm. add more on so it's probably going to be about 20 hours 15 20 hours but i mean if it is 30 to 40 hours it's going to be a very big game it's a massive world it looks stunning so yeah i think people will enjoy it but there's some more details to go on here fresh details on Forspoken have been sprinkled over the playstation blogs this week revealing details on how the game's combat systems employ a combination of magic fused parkour with powerful spelling casting Magic is split into two strands, namely support and attack. Players will use the DualSense controller's L2 trigger to activate the former, while R2 works the latter. I had to think then, it's only L2s and R2s going on there. Spells have a different cooldown period and require different inputs to cache, whether that be tapping or charging the trigger meanwhile l1 and r2 pressed simultaneously will launch a circular menu where you can select your current magic pressing them individually will bring up a menu for support or attack where you can then choose your type with the analog stick very confusing to me but i can imagine when you're playing at super speed super fast your yeah, your hands are all just flowing right uh, going back to Torada. Frequent switching is recommended and necessary, as each spell is tailored to best tackle a certain enemy, number or kind. Changing up loadouts is also a good way to find powerfully complementary spells. An early favourite is Silas Crucible, which is a support or rage slice, which is an attack. The first is a castable firewall that encircles Frey. Any enemies wandering into it burn. Oh, Wow. But it also buffs her attack power when combating any foes within the enclosure. Rage Slice is a melee combo whose finisher sends enemies flying backwards right into the flames. Right
0: into the flames. Right into the flames. Right into
1: the flames. Meanwhile, you'll be informed via text pop-up during attacks if an enemy is resistant to certain types of spells. However, hitting up on the D-pad will activate your cough, which zooms in on an enemy within your scan radius, revealing key details. Meanwhile, players will discover refuge in the open world, which are small huts that offer respite from nearby dangers. What that basically means, it's a save game point, right? That's where you want to save the game, you find a little hut. I mean, this is very, very RPG like turn based style, you know, tactics, but not at the same time.
0: Um, I love RPG games.
1: I know you do. (laughs) But I think people will love this game obviously a lot of people were divided on it because there were real like tacky trailers and the Mm -hmm. the script wasn't great but obviously media have had hands-on with the game now so we're waiting to see what those impressions are like but it seems positive and people are actually really enjoying the game so we'll see more about Forspoken I feel like we it's one of the games that we've spoken most about on this show ever since it was announced but I'm sure we'll keep up to that when we get more news on that game.
0: The Disney and Marvel Game Showcase has lifted the wraps off the first teaser for Amy Hennig's new Marvel title, currently in development at Skydance, confirming a World War II setting featuring Captain America and Black Panther. According to a press blurb that's due in the rounds, the new Marvel product at Skydance will feature, and I quote, an original story that will take players on a World War II-era adventure with four playable heroes at different points in the story. A young Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, Azori, to Charlie's grandfather and the World War II era Black Panther, Gabriel Jones, a US soldier and member of the Howling Commandos, and Nanali, leader of the fledgling Wakandan spy network. Skydance's new Marvel game does not yet have an official title, and there is also no release date as of yet.
1: Mm, now, I know you like Amy Hennig games because obviously she did the Uncharted games back on the PlayStation 3 and she also worked obviously a little bit with The Last of Us 1 so I can imagine that this game is going to be very story based and story focused have a really strong narrative to it which is different for superhero games you know especially mm-hmm. from the Marvel ilk but yeah I'm not excited you know how are you showing me a game that because like...
0: yeah. you
1: showing me a game that doesn't even have a name yet <laughs> How hard is it to name your game? You know what I mean like okay, you're just showing me like a a CGI trailer and you're not even got a name for it at least show me some gameplay or at least have a name for your trailer, you know instead of a Marvel game. you know'll I'll piss myself It's like, yeah, we're just gonna call it Marvel game. It actually works you know yeah. <laughs> but exciting we'll see what happens. It's just more games to talk about, which is great, but yeah. I'm going to take a hard pass at the moment. It's not speaking to me at all. I think that's just because obviously when you think about like Spider-Man games and stuff like that, they're good. And I'm just like, yeah, that's what I'm waiting for more than anything. Have you played any superhero games?
0: No, because like superhero games really aren't my cup of tea.
1: Hold on Um, a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. See, I knew that was coming. I, I put you into this scenario. You just cussed me out. For not being excited about a game, but then you ain't never played a superhero game in your life.
0: No, but this one—it's <laughs> yeah. a hybrid of a lot of things, right? It's a bit more interesting than oh, the superhero. Let me fly around a bit. This is World <laughs> War Two. Yeah,
1: Black we'll Panther. We'll see. we'll see how they can pull it off. If they pull it off, that is.
0: Yeah, it's a lot to pull off, right? Heard about Swole Panda, the
1: bamboo clothing company that needed a bit of help from Gold Daddy. One day, one of them's like, "Our clothes might be sustainable, but our business won't be. We need more customers." And then it hits him: We need Gold Daddy. Look, we can get a domain name and build a website. Yes, to get found online and reach more customers. And now, after a little online growth spurt, everyone's like, "Your socks are so sick. They Swole Panda." Yeah, fam. They made our bamboo sustainable, innit? For all the help and tools you need to grow online, Gold Daddy. Okay, so we move on to the charts, and as you can imagine, there has been a whole bunch of new releases, so there has been a movement in the chart. So we're going to go from number 10. Pokemon Legends Arceus, last week's number 5, this week's number 10. Saints Row, last week's number 6, this week's number 9. Minecraft, the Switch Edition, has jumped two spots. It was last week's number 10, this week's number 8. Animal Crossing, last week's number 9, this week's number 7. NBA 2K23, last week's number one is this week's number six. That's a big drop. Last week's number seven has jumped two spaces, Nintendo Switch Sports, which is now number five. Last week's number joint first, The Last of Us Part One, has dropped down to number four. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at number three. Horizon Forbidden West, which just does not leave that top two spot. Last week's number two is this week's number two, and we have the new release, Splatoon 3 which is this week's number one. But there was big news last week as the PS5 has now overtaken the Nintendo Switch in the UK to become the best-selling console of 2022 so far, thanks to a significant rise in stock during August. PS5 stock jumped by 56% last month in comparison to July. Sony announced during its latest financial briefing over the summer that the PS5 has shipped 21.7 million units worldwide. That's crazy when you consider as well that there's just, they can't make enough of them. There's a chip shortage. Yeah. They are way behind on orders, and they cannot get enough machines anywhere in the world, and it's still selling more than a switch in the UK you know, it
0: released um, two years ago. After two years, there's still this exactly, backlog.
1: Exactly. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, um, when I told the story, when I went to New York, I went into a GameStop store and there's a sign on the window saying pre-order your PS5. And I was like,
0: "No, what?
1: And then I went inside and I could see the Xbox Series X available. I could see the Xbox Series S. I could see the Nintendo Switch models available. And I says, oh, how come you do not done your PS5? Oh, we just can't keep it in stock cannot keep it in stock it is absolutely insane.
0: insane yeah
1: but we'll move on to the letters we've got some good letters here so uh take it away
0: yay this is my favorite part of the show so <laughs> we've got a couple today we have harriet from Scunthorpe. hi harriet from Scunthorpe. Mm-hmm. she says hey latest ps5 team great show and i can't wait to see your live reactions to the next playstation showcase are you excited for that
1: Uh, whenever it gets announced, yeah.
0: (laughs) You've spoken about scary games in VR, and this is the point of my question. What makes a game scary for you? For myself, it's the unexpected jump moments or jump scares, shall we say.
1: I'm going to throw that one back to you first because we know you love your horror and your scares.
0: I do love a jump scare, but, you know, some games... Overuse it a lot and it can be quite tacky and quite tired very very quickly. What you need is to create an atmosphere where you're anticipating that jump scare from the get go, and if you can pull that off, then you're just going to get even more of a a surprise. And that is where I'm bringing it back to Mortuary Assistant Girl. You need to go and play it because the suspense is so good and unexpected jump scares indeed.
1: Definitely. Um, yeah, I think what will make you feel really, what makes me feel really uncomfortable sometimes is the music as well. Like this, the audio, oh, if yeah. they can get the audio right. Like I remember, I think you mentioned it actually in your top five, Outlast. And you only have the camera, but when you hear something behind you and you're like, oh, what? Or you hear one of those two big things that just keep trying to follow you and stuff like that. You're like, whoa. Audio is everything, you know, audio is king when it comes to scary stuff. And if you do it right, especially with the PS5 now, with the 3D spatial audio so you can have things behind you and stuff and really play on their mind, Um, that really helps. I like the Dread as well. I like it built up. Um, so, for example, a really good example is Silent Hill. These games do it great. They slow down. They don't need any jump scares, but they just make it dreadful. They show you the guy who's coming after you once. You don't need to see him. You just need to see a reflection of him and you that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and you know oh.
0: they're there, but you're not sure where exactly they're going to be. That's Exa- what's...
1: Exactly. And if anyone's listening, I will tell you now, one of the best games to create... It's only like two hours long to create dread and just make you feel uncomfortable and proper fuck with the world that you're in so like for example you walk into a room and there's a door and it will just start bleeding at the top don't turn around and you stop as a player and you think do i or don't i right
0: (laughs) of course you got to
1: and then if you turn around there's nothing there and you'll get a trophy that's called wimp or, or, or uh, no trophy saying uh, you've got balls or whatever. And if you uh, just walk through the door, you'll get a trophy that says wimp, right? You know, and but it the whole world changes. It's called layers of fear. Um, I'll put the link to that trailer for that game in the description. Don't the second one's good, but the first one is majestic when it comes to just nailing how to scare people, but. Uh, Yeah, jump scares are there and they're done well sometimes. I think Resident Evil has some amazing jump scares in it because they only put two in the whole game and they work effectively. But if you can make somebody, and this is the thing for me, if it can make me feel uncomfortable to play, then it's doing it right. You know, like Mm -hmm. when you watch a film, it's uncomfortable. Like if, and then, you know, yeah, it's doing its job and it's trying to scare you. It's the same like, if I played Resident Evil 7, I would have been like, yeah, this is fine. But because I played it in VR, the game creates that dread without any jump scares, you know? Um, so yeah, what you said, they're definitely creating that dread and sustaining it, predicting, oh, oh my God, there's going to be a scare any moment. And you see the cliche ones. Somebody looks at a glass reflection, they open it, you're waiting for them to close it. And then something will be behind it, but then nothing's there. You. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You you can really play with it. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, but great question, Harriet. And, um, I've just I kind of got an urge to play a scary game now. You know, I think a great game for jump scares is Until Dawn. You've played it. You ah, know it, yes. right? Jump scares galore, but it's done so well and just out of nowhere, you know. So highly recommend that one for you. But great question, Harriet.
0: And then we have Ryan from Ohio all the way over in the U.S., he says, what's your go-to food and drinks when playing games? I love nachos with all the dressing. Nice. Good choice, Ryan.
1: Nah, Ryan, I can't be doing... That's too messy with a controller. No. <laughs> Man, your, your, <laughs> your controller must smell of cheese mm. and guac and sour cream and whatever else goes on top of nachos. I can't imagine that. Like, I'd keep... I'm one of those I don't like like on my hands. Like If I eat a burger or something like that, every time I take a bite, i got to clean my hand with a tissue, right? I don't like to keep that food on my hand. So to be eating nachos with cheese or whatever and then holding my pad and then move. oh my God, that just yeah, gives me a brain... Ryan is a man
0: a- with no fear, okay? He fears- Ryan, you're
1: giving me a fucking brain aneurysm. Oh my God. <laughs> um, what's my go-to food? It depends what what time of the day I'm playing. If I'm playing during the day... I'm nibbling on like sweets, like pick a mix sweets mm-hmm. or chocolates or something like that. Nothing big, but I'm just nibbling away and I'm drinking. If it's at night, I need a cup of tea. Crisps or popcorn.
0: Something with a bit more substance to it then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously if all the lads are around and we're like taking, to te- let me rephrase that. If all the lads are around and I'm whooping all of them in Tekken, <laughs> then I'll be like, I need a break. And then it's like pizza and chicken dippers and stuff like that because the pad's getting moved around so I can clean my hands before it comes back to me and I will pass and then they take it again and things like that. Bit of everything, but it depends. What about you? You That game you talked about, I already forgot the name of it, right? Oh. Um, what are you eating?
0: I'm offended. are you playing that. Well... I do have a thing for fizzy sweets because oh, I yes. feel like it's, it gets bottles. paired with a scary game so well, though, because it's awakening all of my senses, right? <laughs> you have to stay on your A game when you're playing a scary game. So fizzy strawberry laces. Oh, my God. Can you remember the toxic waste sweets? There was like uh, in a yellow bit. I think
1: they still do them in theme parks and stuff like that. I went to a theme park. I've been to a few theme parks over the last few weeks um, yeah. there were loads and loads of fun but i always remember seeing toxic waste barrels you know in the oh, shops and stuff
0: they are the best i love those however i do need to balance it out with a bit of comfort i will have a cup of tea towards the end because it takes it out of me fizzy sweets and a cup of tea it's a great combo if you have Whoa, wait
1: wait what <laughs>
0: what trust me trust me you get through all of the excitement and then after all of it you're like oh.
1: Just nah, a- I wouldn't be able to, my mouth would feel weird from all the fizzy. Yeah, and, then the and then you go to a tea. Nah. Oh my God. I thought Ryan messed my brain up. You just messed it up even more.
0: What? Yep. Try it next time.
1: No, I don't think my body would let me. It'd be like, nah, you don't want a cup of tea right now. Oh. Not at all. That's insane. But um, yeah, great question, Ryan. A unique question on that front. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the show this week. How do you feel?
0: I feel good. I feel excited about 2023. I don't know about you.
1: I feel like there's a big gun. <laughs> well, uh, let me, while you, let's have a look here. Let me have a look. Let's just presume I know there's going to be more that I want a game every month, that I actually want it and I want to play it. So we're going to say the game is. 65 i will say 60 pounds right so if if there's only 12 games i want to play next year i'm, I'm spending 720 pound on video games but Woo! let's just up that to 16 games yeah let's just be on the safe side so 60 times 16 equals 960 pounds on games let's say 400 for playstation vr 2 as well, right now, I'm spending £1,360 on games, not to mention that pro controller, which let's say 175, right? That's £1,535 I'm wasting on games. Thank the Lord for a trading system, right? <laughs> yeah, y'all must get
0: saving, put those on your Christmas list.
1: You know what it is? It's really weird because, like, I look at 2023, and usually the way so the way I usually play games is. If the lads come round, we're only playing either Fight Night or Tekken or Pro Evo or eFootball now, and that you know those sort of games. That's it. Nothing major. The story games. are like a game with a good narrative. I'll probably only play one, maybe two a month. Right, mm. hour here, hour there in the evening. I'm not, unless it's God of War or something like Last of Us or something. I'm not sitting there having like hourly stretches playing games. Right. Mm. But 2023 just has story narrative driven games every single month. And I'm like, oh, my God, dear God, help me, please. And on top of that, i got Tekken 8. And when that game comes out, I'm going to be playing that nonstop. You know, eFootball is getting better. And I'm going to have to keep beating people online in that as well. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, it's okay. I will just sacrifice time with my kids to play these games.
0: It's an investment in all areas, you know, <laughs> you have to make these sacrifices sometimes.
1: At least uh, Rise of the Ronin is a 2024, right? And we don't have to wait until 2023. Yeah, for that. One. We
0: can, we can save our pennies until then.
1: I never thought I would say, I actually hope some games get delayed because then it will just give me time. <laughs> but we'll see on that what happens, but listeners, thank you very much for listening. And again, Don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button on any other podcast channels that you use. Just search the latest PS5. Also click the links in the description to our YouTube channel. See two funny videos of me acting like a child. And again, more importantly as well, just be safe, be happy, play games, and um, peace. Good night, everybody. Does she want to say good night to the people listening? Oh, I
0: didn't even know. Night! C'est